Blog Talk Radio. This is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Wavelet, Jiglet, what a race! Always be Mickey on the outside. Always be Mickey. They're off and it is on. And betting line has taken the lead. Two, two, boom! You're tuned in to Harness Racing's fastest 90 minutes post time with Mike and Mike, with co-host Mike Carter. Believe in the spirit? Do you believe in miracles? And Mike Bozich. Smoking Gun Shaman Hall production. Smoking Gun is flying. Here comes Smoking Gun. I don't know. That just happened. That just happened. It's Thursday morning. Don't touch that dial. It's post time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And Mike, boy, do we have an action-packed show, but we are on the heels of our Dan Patch show from Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. And I'll tell you what, Mike, we had a lot of fun out there and met some uh, really cool people. Yeah, we sure did. It was uh, a great time, and uh, certainly congratulations to the winner, Check Six. I think he quieted a lot of the critics that maybe thought the Sam McKee Memorial win was a bit of a fluke. He uh, certainly stepped up to the plate, won the Dan Patch. Congratulations to the connections of Check Six, driver Yannick Shingra, and trainer Ron Burke. We've got a great show on time for you today, Mike. A lot going on here in the sport of harness racing. Where do we even begin? We've got a pretty big weekend coming up with the uh, Schweig Memorial trot as Ariana G will uh, take on the boys. That's going to be very interesting coming up at Vernon. It's uh, old home week. We've got the great cold cup and saucer with our good friend uh, Vance Cameron at the helm. So we uh, certainly we're going to look forward to that. Maybe we'll touch on that a little bit. But uh, overall, just a lot going on in the sport of harness racing. We're going to talk to Moira Fanning today. She had a chance to go to Equestracon, which is uh, maybe not so much harness racing related, but a lot of great ideas came out of uh, Equestricon. I enjoyed reading the Facebook and the Twitter posts from all the people that attended Equestricon up in uh, Saratoga. Moira Fanning was there. She's going to chime in with us a little bit later on and talk about her experience. Yes. You there? She's going to talk about her experiences at Equestricon. Plus... We're going to also take a look. Uh, Heather Vitale is going to be with us uh, towards the top of the hour. And Heather is uh, going to talk a little bit about the Vincent, uh, the Delaney Memorial. I'll tell you what, you talk about something up in Ireland that has just taken off, Mike. The Delaney Memorial is uh, really taken off. They've got Ronda Houston up there calling the races. Also saw a lot about that on social media as well. So we're going to take a look at that as well. Plus, and I can't wait forward dave briggs from harness racing update to join us dave briggs is going to talk to us a little bit about the article that he wrote uh, concerning the uh, hambletonian and i'll tell you what dave i think did a great job on that particular article 
because he got a lot of different vantage points and viewpoints from a lot of different participants there. And uh, we'll talk to Dave Briggs about that. Plus, Game Pruitt's going to join us towards the top of the hour. Uh, we're time to talk about Kentucky Sire Stakes as the uh, Grand Circuit meet out. The Red Mile begins to kick off. Uh, Gabe's going to talk to us a little bit about that. He is back. Last time we heard from Gabe, Gabe was at uh, Pompano Park. So uh, we're going to talk. We're going to bring our our man back to uh, talk to us a little bit about Kentucky Sire Stakes action. That's coming up towards the top of the hour. Plus, it's our Running Aces segment uh, featuring Darren Gunny. So a lot to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. It's Dave Briggs when we come back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Now at Bet America, every track is a bonus track. Earn rewards points for every wager you make on every track. We also offer more points for all exotic wagers. And don't forget about our weekly promos. Check our calendar to see how you can earn double points on featured tracks and races. Sign up for Bet America today to start earning points and get up to a $400 bonus with our new 200% deposit match. See our website for reward points, state restrictions. Here at The Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The Stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At The Stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. Now at Bet America, every track is a bonus track. Earn rewards points for every wager you make on every track. We also offer more points for all exotic wagers. And don't forget about our weekly promos. Check our calendar to see how you can earn double points on featured tracks and races. Sign up for Bet America today to start earning points and get up to a $400 bonus with our new 200% deposit match. See our website for reward points, state restrictions. Join Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment as racing resumes on Friday, September 8th for two weekends of live harness racing action. Then Thoroughbred Racing begins on Friday, October 6th, 2017 and runs through November 11th, 2017. Then Harness Racing will resume on Friday, November 17th and run through the end of the year. For more information, simulcast schedule and more, visit PlayMetalLand.com. This edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And uh, before we get to our first guest, Mike, I uh, I think you hit the X button on me because I completely locked up as I was trying to uh, I, update would I right Listen, there. would I ever do that to you? Listen, you've done it before. Well, no, I think I've done it to you before. So <laughs> whatever. Anyway, we've got a great show on tap for you today. And, and we're going to start by uh, having uh, our guy from Harness Racing Update, Dave Briggs, on the program. Dave, how are you, sir? Great. Thanks, guys. How are you? All right. Listen, we got to talk about the article because it got a lot of social media buzz. And obviously, I think 
you know, this is kind of something that from from all a racing fans' point of view, I think it was just the whole series of events was very, very unfortunate in how the race played out. Um, but you had a chance to write an article. I thought it was a very good article. And you got a lot of different vantage points from a lot of different participants in the race. And I'm going to start by asking you this. How many times have you watched that stretch call over and over? Um, probably not as much as some of the people like Ron Burke have watched it. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I would guess somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 times. I, I mean, I it's not up to me to make decisions on what did or didn't happen. I mean, uh, I just talked to these guys and let them tell the story of what they thought happened because I thought that was more important for me to do. Right, and you brought that out, and I thought that was uh, actually a fantastic piece of journalism. But that's that's nothing new from you. I mean, you've read a, you've wrote a lot of great pieces in your time, but this was good because you were able to get all kind of different opinions, really without injecting your own. But you got a lot of different vantage points, a lot of different viewpoints of the race. Uh, did anything that they said surprise you at all? Not a tremendous amount. Um possibly that they were so frank about it or most of them were so frank about it. And, you know, I believed every single one of them. And, and, and uh, it doesn't surprise me that people are cooperative in this industry because I've found nothing but fantastic people from for 20 years of people being cooperative and trying to answer your questions and work with you. But, you know, that's a tough position for a lot of people to, to be in, to, to publicly state what happened. And, you know, they got to deal with each other night in and night out. And, and so possibly how how frank they were was the only surprise. Um, but that was fantastic. That was great. I appreciated that from everybody. But, the you know, there's a lot on the line there. So I think it's the nature of the race, the purse amount, the, you know, what it will do for the horse's stature. Uh, th- there's so much on the line with the Hamiltonian that, uh, you know, I, I guess that, that, that was the sweet spot for these guys to say, hey, I you know, I normally I'd, let some of that stuff go, but we just couldn't this time. So, so many ramifications. That's, that's the mess of it all. Dave, now, you know, the, the type of media world that we live in is kind of, you know, kind of, you notice that there's one side to, you know, some of these stories that you read, not necessarily in harness racing, just in general. And, and the one thing that I really liked about how you wrote this article was you, you got both sides of the coin and you got everybody involved. And uh, I think it was, uh, I think it was really cool. Uh, I, I, I can only imagine the amount of work uh, that went into this story. It took a lot of time, but, um, you know, it wouldn't have happened without them. I mean, they were good to call me back. And even some of the people that aren't in the story, I reached out to Ron Burke and Yannick, of course, and, and uh, you know, I tried to talk to the judges. And there was more to it than, than what appeared in it. But, the you know, yeah, it just takes time. But, but really, that, uh, they had a lot of interesting things to say. I mean, most of the conversations were pretty long because they wanted to say a bunch of things. And most of it came down to if you talk to people like, Scotty Zeron or Frank Antonacci, you know, hey, or John Bootenchain was great. I mean, he put he pointed out 20 different things. Okay, what about this? What happens now when we haven't decided who gets what money out of this race uh, because it's being appealed? That impacts which horses get into some of these races uh, from here on out this year. So a lot of interesting things were brought up, which made, made it, uh, you know, these guys volunteered some interesting insights. So, th- so, you know, that that was it. it. It took a lot of time, but it was worth it because they were great. So I wanted to try and make sure that they were well represented in the piece so people could say, oh, okay, I didn't see it from that guy's point of view or I didn't see it from their point of view. And it's it's a mess for sure. 
Dave Briggs joining us from HRU. And Dave, that's the thing. I think a lot of different people – and here's the, the great thing about racing actually is that in, in even reading the program and handicapping a race, if you talk to 100 different people, a lot of times you're going to get 100 different viewpoints. And I'll tell you, I have talked to a lot of different people about that Hamiltonian stretch call, and I don't think I've gotten one similar opinion. I mean maybe they were similar in nature, but – Everybody seemed like they saw something kind of different, whether Oki came out or whether Andy came in or whether it was indeed Dave's fault. But I think, you know, and this is just my personal opinion. Like I say, everybody's got their own personal opinion. But my personal opinion, when you get right down to it, I think the only thing that definitively happened in that particular race was Dave Miller made contact. I mean, whether Andy came in, whether Oka came out, I think that's room for debate, but I think what's not debatable is the fact that Dave actually made contact. Do you see it like that? No, absolutely, and, and even David said that, and, but he said there's extenuating circumstances of why he made contact. So, you know, I, I don't know what they can, you know, look at as, as a reason for why uh, X led to Y, but the, yeah, no, I think that's, that's the one definitive. And I think pretty much everybody said that, um, there may be a very good reason why he made contact, but he did. So I think that's when, from what I'm hearing from most people, the original, you know, the judge's initial call of interference, um, and having a placing, I think is the correct one. You know, this is what other people are telling me. I'm not making a judgment call at all. I'm not a judge. Uh, but yeah, I think you start from there and say, well, that definitely happened, and I have no choice. Um, some of the you know interesting parts of that day and that race of that happening in that race is you know a lot of the comments from the betters that I was walking past on the tarmac were saying, well, they're never going to take a horse down in the Hamiltonian, and uh, I just think that's a, made it even more so clear that David made contact, and we go from there. Um, you know, is there a reason he did and they'll allow that i don't know i i mean the rules seem pretty clear you make contact and that's the judge's action now dave uh one thing that uh hasn't really uh been touched on uh about this appeal is and this is completely hypothetical let's just say that they do you know change you know the new jersey racing commission says okay you know we you know we find that you know what the hill didn't do anything wrong and they place him first then what happens to you know from a gambling side of this then then what do we do how do we protect these type of situations from affecting the gamblers uh if any at all oh that's the huge thing and of course participants often sadly don't talk about the betters quite as much as they should since they're their customers on which the game is built um you know we touched on it a little bit but you know it's 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 a huge mess. I mean, what do you do after the fact? What and and we get into also the, the you know we spent a lot of time in the article just talking about the first turn stuff with international money and and uh, Yannick's horse and and placings and moving and you know that impacts somebody's ticket right that maybe many people's tickets. Um, how do you make that fair? And I think the the reality is this is a mess and it isn't going to turn out fair for everybody. Um, all we can do is hope that somebody is rational and comes to the best possible decision here. And, but I don't know what you do this far after the, after the fact. I mean, I guess people, I hope they held on to their tickets. Wow. What a mess for them. You know, um, of course, and you get involved and you read the social media uh, opinions by a lot of different people. And, you know, one of the things that has come up 
is maybe harness racing can do something similar to other sports in the terms of instant replay, in the terms of maybe even handing, have, having some kind of central command center. Personally, I don't think that's necessary. I mean, I've seen it work to some extent in other sports, but it still doesn't um, – it, it doesn't – It's st- there's still debate. I mean, it's – you know, you have instant replay in football, and – there are still rules in place that doesn't stop the debate of whether it was a bad call or not. It, does, it doesn't seem like it quells a lot of the arguments or many of the arguments that they think it should have. So, you know, the point is, I think there's still going to be just a lot of that gray area. There's still going to be a certain level of human judgment, no matter what you do. You're still going to have a level of human judgment. And like I told, we were broadcasting the Hamiltonian, like I told my broadcast partners, Mike Carter, they're honestly – couldn't have been any more of an uncomfortable situation than what them three guys had to deal with. But what are your thoughts on maybe uh, changing up some of the processes of how some of these calls are made? Do you think that's warranted? I think it, I think it could help. Anything you can do that way helps. And you're right. It's there, there's humans involved. They're not always going to make the correct call. Uh, seeing it and video evidence helps. You have to have all the angles. And one of the interesting things about this story, and you know, keep in mind, I, I didn't get a chance to talk to the judges. I did request that and didn't hear from them in time. And uh, but, you know, what I heard from some of the participants who had talked to the judges is that. Um, the way the track, when they reconfigured the Meadowlands, put the grandstand on the other side, that they don't have a great uh, first turn head-on view into the first turn. I don't know if that's accurate, so I don't want to say that that is or isn't true because I didn't talk to the judges, but several people mentioned that to me. And if that's the case, one of the things we can certainly do is make sure that, that all the major tracks for sure have the proper angles for these guys to get a clear view. So um, you know, that's, that's first and foremost is, is having the infrastructure in place so that these guys can, can take, you know, really good comprehensive look. I mean, we've got HD now and, and especially at the Meadowlands, they should have been able to see this from multiple angles and maybe they did. Um, certainly they had some pretty good views of the stretch, which was the main part, but I think we start there. Uh, I, you know, they've tried centralized, uh, video, um, judging in Ontario. I can't, recall if they're still doing that but when there used to be the Ontario Racing Commission um there was a you know video room at the ORC that uh, these guys would would evaluate calls so you know it it's been done uh what level it's being done today I don't know but uh all of these things I think help and it just helps the customers whether it be the football fan in the football case that you mentioned or the betting customer to know these guys are going to look uh, another thing that also helps is, is is as much transparency from the judges as possible. They do give information to the track announcers, and Ken Workington did tell us, you know, what the judges were saying. But it would be nice if they directly told the customers, here's what we saw, here's the reason why. I think that would help a lot, and I think that would ease some people's concerns. You're still going to have upset gamblers. If there's no way around that, but I think that would decrease the problem. And I know here at Harris, Philadelphia, and I certainly got to give the judges a lot of props here because after every uh, after every inquiry, if the change has been made, the presiding judge Don Harmon will come over and explain, you know, what exactly they saw, and I think that helps a lot. I mean, obviously, it's you know, if you've got a losing ticket uh, because of an inquiry and a change of order, I don't think that's going to help all that much. But at least the attempt is being made at transparency. Dave, real quick, one more question before we let you go, and this is another thing that I saw on social media about. Uh, talking to the drivers 
during an incident or during an inquiry. I mean, some people thinks it help. Some people think that it helps. Some people don't think that it helps. I'm kind of of the opinion that it doesn't because I don't really see in other sports, you know, referees talking to the particular participants about a a bad ball or strike call or about a potential pass interference. Do you think that helps or hurts or maybe helps or hurts in some situations? I think maybe in a case like this, it, it wouldn't have hurt. Uh, and again, I think a lot of this is, is, is optics, but um, talk to them, just see what they say. You don't, you don't have to, uh, you don't have to take any of it as gospel. Your video evidence would be your number one. Your, your, uh, your years as a judge would be number two. You know what you're watching, right? But you know what these guys, it's an optic thing afterwards when they come out and say, they didn't talk to me. Why didn't they talk to me? Um, I think the fan says, well, that makes sense. They should have at least gotten their opinion. I think the judges are correct that most of these times you're not sure what these guys are telling you the truth or aren't because they have lots of interactions with other people in the business and they, you know, night to night that they have to protect their, their, their client relationships. So it's tough, but I don't think it would have hurt to do that, and there's some talk that maybe they have afterward. I don't know. John Butenchain mentioned that they told him that they were going to talk to some of these guys after. Uh, you know, that the quick other thing about it is why don't these uh, drivers um, file objections more? And I think right. if that happened, especially in big races, we understand they're not going to do that in overnight races, but in a big event – if they had something happen to them and they're definitive about it, at least alert the judges. Hey, guys, I really need you to take a look at this because I really feel that this horse interfered with me. I think that would at least start a process where they might take a closer look. I think that's valuable. All right. Well, Dave, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, spending some time with us this morning. Good stuff. You can find Dave's writings uh, at HRU each and every week, a couple of days a week. Dave, we appreciate you joining us, my friend. Thanks, guys. Thanks very much. Enjoyed it. All right, that was Dave Brinks. Good stuff there, Mike Carter. And I'll tell you what, there are so many different ways that uh, you can go about it. I, I and I got to tell you that Hamiltonian stretch calls probably one of the most uh, one of the most viewed stretch calls I would say in the sport of harness racing that the sport of harness I, racing listen, probably ever had. Listen, if you did, let's let's go back and look at this for a second, okay? If you go back and disqualify everything that happened, okay? Let, let, and this is totally hypothetical, so this is not my viewpoint. This is just all the accusations so far. So if Yannick gets disqualified for making international money break, okay, then Aki comes out, David hits the wheel behind him, and Andy comes in. Guess who wins the race? The fifth place horse, give it cast and go. <laughs> so, you know, it's extremely tough for the judges in this situation because then they have to decide, okay, well, who caused what to happen? And, you know, if the the first turn incident is completely separate than what happened in the stretch, let's just be honest here. So, you know, did Yannick, you know, cause interference? Who knows? But what happened in the stretch, if uh, Svonsted came out on David Miller, okay, and Andy pushed in, then how much can David Miller be held at fault? The other side of the coin is, it, you know, you got to ask yourself a hundred different things. So the judges, they only have, you know m- – minutes to make a decision you know it's tough in this uh in this type of situation and i definitely see why you know the connections of uh ron burke and what the hill those guys are appealing it but mike you know it's tough i mean you've sat and watched the judges try to make a decision their job is not easy by any means 
Absolutely. And, and I'll tell you what, in one thing that you realize, whether it's football or baseball or basketball or harness racing, you know, these guys don't want it to come down to them. They want it to be decided on the football field or the basketball court or the baseball diamond, or in this situation, the racetrack. And, and, and once again, and, and this is, like I say, this is just my opinion, you know, whether Okaswanstadt came out, that's opinion. Whether Andy Miller came in, that's opinion. The whole, the, out of all of this, the only fact is, is that what the hill made contact with Jason Bartlett's horse. That's the only Correct. that's the only fact. fact. Ironclad fact that you can hang on to. And that's what I think it came down to. But uh, good stuff. We certainly appreciate Dave Briggs. We're gonna move on. We got a lot of great stuff coming out on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Moira Fanning is going to be joining us. We're gonna talk a little Equestricon. And then we're going to talk to Moira about some of the ideas that were shared there. And plus, Heather Vitale is going to join us a little bit uh, later on. We're going to talk a little bit about the Delaney Memorial in Ireland. She was in Ireland. She was there. And our man's back, Gabe Pruitt. It's like a homecoming. <laughs> it's like a reunion, Mike. That's right. I'll try to contain my excitement. <laughs> yeah. Listen, we'll have Funny. to – you know what? I haven't even come up with anything. I got, a, I got two minutes to come up with a uh, joke for him. Uh, well, you better hurry up. And then, of course, we've got Darren Gagne's running aces segment, all that and more on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. The Kentucky Sire Stinks is a culmination of a month-long series of preliminary races with the biggest money earners getting a chance to compete in one of the richest finals in North America. The Kentucky Sire Stinks includes two- and three-year-old pacers and trotters competing for over $2 million in purses. All the races are conducted at the historic Red Mile in Lexington, Kentucky. The series starts on Thursday, August 17th at 7 p.m. For more information, visit khrc.ky.gov. That's khrc.ky.gov. Summer racing heats up at the Downs at Mohican Sun Pocono. Catch all the action Saturday, Monday, and Tuesday with a post time of 6.30 and Sunday at 7.30 p.m. In July and August, it's the two- and three-year-old trotters and pacers in the spotlight in Pennsylvania Sire Stakes and Pennsylvania Stallion Series action. Follow us on Twitter for all things racing at Downs at MSP at Downs at MSP. Mohegan Sun Pocono. Back on post time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, Mike Carter. Right now, we're joined by one of our favorite people in this industry, Moira Fanning. Moira, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Oh, I'd love to be on. All right, EquestraCon, and I, you know, a lot of people that I've talked to have no idea what EquestraCon is. But I was reading some of the uh, social media posts by yourself and some others, and it sounded like it was a real good time. Can you tell us what EquestraCon is all about, first off? Well, I can as a um, you know outside observer. I'm, I don't know if you're familiar with the concept of Comic Con, which was an organically grown um, you know fans of 
television and comic books and and has grown into just a huge commercial participation, uh, one that uh, movies and TV pay a lot of attention to. Well, this was, I think, based on the same premise, that fans don't get to interact or, you know, gather in large numbers about the sports or events that they're passionate about. You have NFL fan camps, that kind of thing. So I think it was three people, basically, who who got the idea together. Uh, Catherine Sharp, Justin Nicholson, and Dan Tordman, who's on uh, Twitter as Denonymous, and he's he's a great guy. Anyway, they get got sponsors, put this together, put the panels together over three days in Saratoga. And I'm a um, uh, thoroughbred racing is something I do at a fan level. Obviously, harness racing is number one with me and my job. Uh, but I love horse racing. So some of it was very uh, interesting to me. Uh, other panels, not so much. I give them a solid, you know, A- minus for their first effort. I'll say that the Saratoga Convention Center was a gorgeous facility. The graphic design and the execution of this was just extraordinary, uh, really well done. And like any first-time effort, it was a little too insidery and... Um, industry uh talking to one another kind of thing uh there was three or two days of panels a, a lot of emphasis on uh, aftercare and autographs with famous you know jockeys and an author series really fascinating things that i think would appeal to across a wide spectrum of people um i think they'll they'll do very well um going forward uh, and I think that the fans I did see there, like the casual fans, were seemed just thrilled to death to interact with trainers. There was a trainer panel that had Dale Romans and Mark Cassian Graham Motion on it. And uh, my favorite one that I attended was uh, t- Twitter Debates the Greats. Well, we all know that Twitter loves to debate. <laughs> so this was a, a yeah, this was a panel of very very knowledgeable uh, people that. You know, did a did best best horse. You know, best grass horse, best sire, best ride, and and that kind of stuff. I think fans really lap up, and they like to, um, you know, share those opinions and debate those opinions. So I, I I went because I thought there were some valuable industry panels, which which I did attend, but also to see if if any of the concepts would work um, for the Hamiltonian Festival, which. Because of the Meadowlands racing schedule, we now try to kind of cram everything into two days. And if we can add an event or two around that, um, I'd like to try to do it, particularly one that involves the fans. Now, Moira, uh, we we always talk about, like you say, getting the fans more involved in the sport of harness racing. And, you know, things like this, uh, you know, could, could really spark an interest uh, where the fans could, you know, they could talk with traders. They could talk with industry insiders. Um, you know, in, how can we integrate something like that into Hamilton into the Hamiltonian festival? I know that like, you know, they interact with the drivers, which is fantastic, by the way. I love that they do the meet and greet and the uh, autographs and stuff with the fan zone. You know, how can we try to integrate some of this stuff, you know, maybe into that festival or maybe into any of the Grand Circuit type events? 
Well, I think we do a lot of them, um, you know, separately. As you said, the autograph session, uh, you know, at one time we did a memorabilia um, session, the things at Harris with the Garden State reunion and the and the Liberty Bell uh, reunion. Those are, you know, fan-based events. And I was so happy to see the, the fan participation in the latest Garden State Park one. But uh, I will say they this, this Equestricon was executed really well. And... I would be cautious about, you know, doing anything that you couldn't do at a at a very, you know, high level. So I would start small and add, um, you know, a, a, a debate the greats kind of thing. We certainly have a, a lot of people with um, wonderful historical context and wonderful opinions that could do that. And I, I will, would also try to get more of the um, racing alumni. It's very hard for those guys uh, like Yannick and... and um, Marcus Miller and Scott Zeron, who are racing that day. I mean, that's a full card of racing on Hambo Day and, and the night before. And it, they're very good to give us our, their time, but we don't want to divert them from their, their focus. And But if we had the John Campbells, the Ray Remins, the Ron Gerfines, I, I would love to hear uh, their stories from from the past and you know the the lens of uh, history often comes into a little sharper focus as time goes by and and they're far more open about things uh, leading up to big races or horses and and that was one of the really interesting things to hear Mark Cassie talk about saddling at, at Royal Ascot or meeting meeting the Queen and there's always a story behind the story that the the fans and even the industry insiders don't get to see so I think small things like that we could integrate, and, and I think they would uh, draw a lot of people, too. All right. Well, Moira, we certainly appreciate you taking a couple of minutes out of the morning to join us. And, uh, you know, that's that's what you need, Moira. I think you need a couple more things to keep you busy on Hambletonian weekend. What do you think? I don't think you have enough to do. <laughs> well, we got to get you some uh, more I, things to do. I'm sure I can count on you two to help. Absolutely. Hey, whatever you think, Moira. Listen, we uh, listen. I, I, whatever we could do to help you out, I tell you what. Uh, I was sad to miss the Hamiltonian this year, but I may definitely. I've already requested off for next year, so I think we're good. Good, good. All right, thanks, Moira. All right, thank you. Bye, bye, guys. I was Moira fan and talking some uh, Questricon, some good ideas uh, there, and how we can kind of integrate maybe some of those into the sport of harness racing. I think would certainly be a good thing. Well, Mike, our guy is in the on deck circle waiting <laughs> patiently, waiting patiently. Listen, he has no he has no idea what's coming up for him at the end at the backside of the commercial. That's All right, let's take a commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk some Kentucky Sires things. They get underway tonight at the Red Mile. Our man Gabe Pruitt's Johnny on the spot once again, and we'll hear from him next on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. The Kentucky Sires Stinks is a culmination of a month-long series of preliminary races with the biggest money earners getting a chance to compete in one of the richest finals in North America. The Kentucky Sire Stinks includes two- and three-year-old Pacers and Trotters competing for over $2 million in purses. All the races are conducted at the historic Red Mile in Lexington, Kentucky. The series starts on Thursday, August 17th at 7 p.m. For more information, visit khrc.ky.gov. That's khrc.ky.gov. They come to 
to the top of the stretch, and it's bus 936, and bus 936 on the wings of an angel here opens up a four-length lead over Bye Bye John, bus 936 wins. Bye Bye John second, Ohio Prince third in 155 and three. We had to bring our man Gabe Pruitt in on a very positive note who has a uh, very impressive little horse here in Ohio, uh, Bus 936. Gabe, welcome to the program, buddy. Thanks a lot. You guys know how to get me jazzed up before I come on. I like that. You're a great call, by the way, Mike. <laughs> Listen, Gabe, it's been some time since we've had you on. How are things going? And uh, we're be- we hear you're back in Kentucky now. I am stationed back in Kentucky for the summer, and we are rolling wide open uh, at the Red Mile, as I'm sure we're getting ready to discuss. We've got this exciting Kentucky Sire Stakes program that's really um, an unprecedented program as we move to a mayor residency uh, type of requirement where a mayor has to spend 180 days in the state uh, year of conception, and then that poll is dual eligible. So we're seeing a lot of uh, horses ship in here, Mike, from Ohio, the Midwest, the East Coast, all over the place. We've got a New Jersey Sire Stakes champion that's coming down and trying to uh, win a Kentucky Sire Stakes championship as well. So it's really an unprecedented program. It's exciting, and we've got uh, a tremendous amount of uh, horsepower and, and talent uh, that uh, we expect in town here. Now, talk to us a little bit about that real quick, Gabe, and what, what do you mean by, you know, you can kind of do both Sire Stakes programs? Well, essentially, anyone that owns a broodmare can board that mare in the state of Kentucky for 180 days in the year of conception, and regardless of what stallion they breed to and where that stallion happens to stand, that uh, resulting foal would be dual eligible, because not only would it be eligible to where the stallion stands, um, it would also be eligible to uh, the Kentucky Sire Stakes program as well. So as breeders in the state of Kentucky which uh, I am one as well on a very, very small basis, a small-time basis, we actually, uh, you know, we can breed our mares to whomever we choose. The mare stays in the state of Kentucky. You know, when we sell those foals, they actually go through the sale as um, not only, uh, again, a product of the state where the stallion stands, but also a Kentucky-sired uh, horse as well. So it really brings a lot of value uh, to our foals here in the state of Kentucky, and it's a bit of an unprecedented program, and we weren't exactly uh, – sure just how much support and interest we'd have but obviously with big money on the line over two million dollars in the program we've seen a phenomenal amount of uh, support and interest and, and i think that's only going to continue to climb as more people learn about the program now gabe you guys have a spectacular sire stakes program coming up this evening uh, for the two-year-old colton gelding trotters and i'm seeing a lot of familiar names uh, tony alanya frank antonacci jimmy tactor these guys all sending horses down but one sire that kind of jumps off the page at me gabe is in the second race number three wolf gang but my mvp has had and i'm not just saying this because um you know i'm in ohio but my mvp's had a lot of luck so far this season Yes, my MVP has had a lot of luck, and there's a perfect example of what we were just talking about. There is a uh, Colt and Wolfgang who actually uh, started up the Meadowlands. Seems to do pretty well on the big tracks. So, Mike, he went to Northfield. He, he came to see you, but you, you must have gave him some bad luck. He made a break in stride. There's a huge favorite in an Ohio Sire Stakes. Well, you know as well as I do that uh, in order to uh, really have a lot of success on, on that Ohio starter, you have to get around some small tracks and small ovals. So maybe this guy's just better on a big track. So uh, Jimmy Taxter and crew, they've opted him to, uh, after qualifying a slew of times at the Meadowlands, to bring him here at the Red Mile as part of this Kentucky program. So, yes, I think my MVP is a, uh, is a stallion that uh, has a very bright future. In fact, on tonight's card, 
We'll have a full sister racing to my MVP, uh, and that, that's top expectation. She's in the uh, Philly division. Now, Gabe, uh, race number three features the two-year-old Colton Gelding Trotters again, and there's a horse that jumps off the page here. It's another Ohio horse in Zeppelin by, who has been racing pretty well uh, in Ohio, but one thing about it is the Stable.ca and Anthony McDonald and those guys have done a fantastic job with syndicates and syndicate racing, and uh, they can only help themselves by uh, making sure that they uh, not only are eligible in the state of Ohio, but again in Kentucky. Yes, and uh, that's just another example uh, of, of a horse that uh, just won an Ohio Sire Stakes event in Northfield, now shows up here in Kentucky. I got to actually catch up with Anthony there at the uh, Meadowlands. He's doing a, a seminar on Hamiltonian Day. What a great group. Uh, I'm sure you guys agree, the stable.ca. You can get in for just a limited investment. You know, and they race good horses, too. They've got a, a slew of young uh, talent. I've seen, I know you've seen some in Ohio. They pretty much race all across North America. And, uh, you, yes, we have it here in Kentucky as well. Another horse that really jumps off the page in the third race there, and Mike, is the two American money. This is the final foal from the great money maker, who earned over $5.5 million. Of course, we know her best foal was one of the Hamiltonian favorites, international money. Made a break in stride there in the Hamiltonian. But this is her last foal. She actually, unfortunately, passed away. It's her first muscle hill. So this colt has a regal pedigree. Scott Zeron is in town to drive the Mac Predator Frank Antonacci. It's his career debut. So I'm really looking forward to seeing American Money uh, tonight in the third as well. Race 8 features the two-year-old Philly Trotters, Gabe, and there's a horse that kind of jumps off the page at me a little bit for two reasons. Number one, it's Ronnie Burke. Uh, number two, it's a 4-1 to morning line, but Ronnie Wren Jr. is down to drive, and that's the six, Da Bomb, who's won two starts already this year and has a mark of 59-1 and one, uh, out of, excuse me, by explosive matter, out of a mare that I'm uh, not too familiar with. You know, it, it, uh, the, the horse is obviously very good to inform. She's a sharp filly who's uh, back-to-back wins it tonight. She was a $65,000 yearling purchase here at Facing Tipton last fall. And uh, the bomb is actually a half-sister to Blue Porsche, and he made over $600,000. There's a little pedigree there as well. Uh, I agree the bomb's uh, really going to take a lot of attention there. Another horse that uh, is the five, Zoe B, who's riding a four-race win streak. She's a daughter of Donato Hanover, really a bargain yearling, just $15,000 here at the Lexington Select Sale. So she's in good form. Really, in terms of pedigree, Mike, the nine fuel her flame uh, was a $285,000 Lexington yearling. Uh, Chippy Tack for the trader, and he will drive tonight as well. Fuel her flame is actually a half-sister to Muscle Massive, who earned over $1.2 million. So uh, she fetched that big price tag. And we're looking forward to uh, seeing her tonight. She added trotting hobbles last time out uh, there with the Bozich up at Harris Philly. So I think maybe she's rounding the corner as well. Now let's jump to Saturday night, Gabe. You've got some uh, pacing action going on. The two-year-old Colt and Gelding Pacers and Jimmy Tactor's race number four that is currently unbeaten and driver brett miller's coming all the way down to drive at the red mile in the three grand teton a horse by a rock and roll dance who is a world champion in his own right grand teton uh, certainly looks the part i got a, a good look there at him at the meadowlands as he uh beat up on a, a pretty good crew there one night in the kindergarten series Interesting to note, Mike, they opted to start this guy in the second tier of the Pennsylvania Sire Stakes as opposed to going to the top tier. He's part of the first crop of a rock and roll dance. So maybe the plan all along was to come to Kentucky. They didn't really want to uh, 
invest uh, time in Pennsylvania going into the very top level. So I thought that was interesting. But uh, Grand Teton is actually a half-brother to Pure Country, who's earned nearly $2 million for the Diamond Creek Connections and the trader Jimmy Tactor. So plenty of pedigree, uh, really looks the part. And even in the other leg, it looks like Jimmy Tactor's got the horse to beat, uh, along with driver Fred Miller as well. That's Decoy. It'll go in Saturday night. It's the sixth race, and uh, he has a ton of talent as well. He's set up some beach somewhere, also a six-figure yearling from here last fall. Now, race seven, Gabe features the two-year-old Philly Pacers, and there's a horse that kind of jumps off the page here. He's four for five in the wind column, and it's the four, excuse me, the seven, Hurricane Empress for trader John McDermott. Brett Miller picks up the lines. This Hurricane family in general uh, has either been really strong or, you know, I don't want to say really not, but has been really stronger kind of right down the middle. This seems like uh, one of the really strong ones. Yes, and we're looking at uh, really uh, some young blood here because Hurricane Empress is a part of the first crop, Mike, of a Hurricane King Cole, which we know is a wickedly fast uh, horse that uh, obviously had some, some sheer problems, but uh, just uh, plenty of raw speed. It's also the first foal from the mayor, Hurricane Schmuma, but uh, this Hurricane Empress, a New Jersey sire stakes champion. Now, she was taking on some short fields there at the Meadowlands. It was just a four-horse field at the $100,000 final. But uh, she's riding a four-race win streak, had a tune-up there at uh, Pocono a couple of weeks back at an overnight event. Uh, obviously, a horse that uh, is going to take a lot of action and get a lot of attention in race seven on Saturday night. Well, Gabe, you guys have two fantastic nights of Kentucky Sire Stakes racing action. Let me tell you something. I think this uh, this co-op program that you guys have is fantastic. Uh, it allows uh, a little bit of everything, uh, so to speak. You guys, you guys have New Jersey. You guys have Ohio, Indiana, Ontario. It's, uh, it can only reinvigorate the program in Kentucky. No question about that, Mike. And it really reinvigorates the racing as part of the early meet as well because we've got uh, stage action thrown at you almost every night. The way we split these uh, guys up, we've got three-year-olds here on Sunday night as well. Six out of the next seven race cars, the Red Mile, will feature Kentucky Sire States uh, racing. And uh, pretty much every night, uh, with the exception of a couple, through September the 9th, then, of course, we'll take a week off. And those finals with uh, over $1.75 million on the line, those are coming up on Sunday night, September the 17th. So really a great program covering uh, the next month uh, here in Central Kentucky. Well, Gabe, listen, we got to have you on again and uh, keep up the good work down in Kentucky. And listen, uh, hopefully we'll see you up here on uh, September 30th, my friend. I'm looking forward to that uh, event anxiously as well, Mike. All right, that was Gabe Pruitt, our famed show better. No, I'm just kidding. I got that. I got that hit just as he was hanging up. So I hope he heard me. But uh, definitely a good guy, and he's got some good horses. But Mike, the Kentucky Sire Stakes program, what an invigoration that they've got going on down there. Yeah, certainly. I mean, it's lucrative, number one, and number two, and I think this is for most important. Most importantly, is that they are good betting races, wide open races for the gamblers. And uh, I'll tell you what, it's going to be a lot of fun. They get underway. Uh, the Red Mile does tonight. They start at 7 p.m., so make sure you check it out. Kentucky Science takes action tonight. We'll check in with Gabe next week. But coming up, we're going to check in with our good friend Heather Vitale. Heather had a chance to go to Ireland, the Vincent Delaney Memorial, and this thing has really skyrocketed over the last couple of years in terms of uh, interest and support. And we're going to talk to Heather and uh, get her feelings about the, and her reactions and what went on in Ireland. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Back in a flash. 
summer racing heats up at the Downs at Mohican Sun Pocono. Catch all the action Saturday, Monday, and Tuesday with a post time of 6.30 and Sunday at 7.30 p.m. In July and August, it's the two- and three-year-old Trotters and Pacers in the spotlight in Pennsylvania Sires Stakes and Pennsylvania Stallion Series action. Follow us on Twitter for all things racing at Downs at MSP at Downs at MSP. Mohegan Sun Pocono. Join Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment as racing resumes on Friday, September 8th for two weekends of live harness racing action. Then Thoroughbred Racing begins on Friday, October 6th, 2017 and runs through November 11th, 2017. Then Harness Racing will resume on Friday, November 17th and run through the end of the year. For more information, simulcast schedule, and more, visit PlayMetalLand.com. Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. Left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. We're going to be joined by Darren Gagne as he hosts the Running Aces segment that's coming up in just a few minutes. But first, it's our good friend Heather Vitale. Heather, you had a chance once again to make that sacred trek to Ireland, the Vincent Delaney Memorial, and it is now turned into a weekend. It has turned into a really, really big deal. And I got to tell you, you, did a hell of a job covered on social media. Welcome to the program, Heather. Thank you so much. I love that music going into my segment, man. That's my jam. I was well, like, hey, it's, here, it's always a party down. when you, yeah. when, it's always a party when you come around. So we figured we'd, uh, and, and of course, after Gabe Pru, we had to lighten things up a little bit around here, didn't we? Oh boy. <laughs> lighten things you, up. you can't give him too much heat. You know, he had to endure me being up in his announcing booth at Pompano a few years ago Absolutely. when I announced a race. And that was an amazing was race so call, by the fine. way. Yes. That was an amazing race call, by the way, and I'm not kidding. <laughs> I tell everyone it is like nothing you have ever heard in your life and probably nothing you ever want to hear again in your life. <laughs> but no, it was a lot of fun. I'm so glad I did it. I'm so glad, yeah. All right. Well, speaking of a lot of fun, Heather, you had a chance to have a lot of fun in Ireland, and uh, this Vincent Delaney Memorial thing is really taken off. First of all, for those uh, listeners that may not know what the heck we're talking about. Can you tell everybody what the Vincent Delaney Memorial is and how it came about a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. The Vincent Delaney Memorial, it takes place in Raceway. Now, it started in 2012, and it is the richest two-year-old race in Scotland, Wales, and I don't believe there is Europe as well. But when I say the richest, what I'm talking about is 
you know, for the two-year-old fillies, they go for 22,500 uh, 22, euros. The cults also go for the same. Now, if you want to, like, do that equivalent to U.S. dollars, it's like 26,500 U.S. dollars. Now, now that's what we're saying the richest, okay, two-year-old silly pacing race and two-year-old colt. Not a lot of money when we just had a friend on talking about a million-dollar Hamiltonian. You know what I mean? But um, it, there's so much passion about harness racing in this area. And I'm talking, you know, Ireland, Scotland, Wales. And so this race being the richest, people want to win it so badly. And if you don't mind me just giving a really brief history about the race, um, you know, it started in 2012. So you've got these brothers, James, Derek, and Vincent, and they, you know, had been working with harness horses and, you know, Vincent suddenly passed away at the age of 27. Vincent loved the breeding and the pedigree and liked the young horses so much. Derek and James really wanted to do something to keep their brother Vincent's memory alive. So they came up with this two-year-old race, obviously, you know, exclusive for young horses in honor of their brother. And it has just skyrocketed since 2012. This year was my fourth year going. And it's an amazing event, and it's really something that people need to put on their bucket list, along with the Elite Lop and the Inner Dominion and the New Zealand Cup and races like that, for sure. Heather, uh, talk to us a little bit about how the racing is different over there. Is there gambling on the races? And I know they uh, they line up behind the gate a little bit differently as well. Yeah, at Port Marne, since I haven't done a lot of other traveling to other racetracks, but there's four across. I think they can squeeze in five. But and it's a half-mile track. And so, obviously, you know, with most of the races being seven, eight-horse fields, a couple of them a little bit bigger, you're talking about two tiers, you know, and there's a lot of action during the race. And for the people that came over and She gone. Yeah, I think so. I, I, yeah, I think. Let's, you know what? Let me send her a message, and let me see if we can get her back on the program. Let's take a real quick time out. Once again, it's a sell issue. Actually, this was not our fault, Mike Carter. <laughs> this one was not Listen, I, I think you, know, you put a cell blocker up around her or something. Anyways, let's, yeah, let's see if we can get her back on. Let's, let's take a real quick time out, and uh, when we come back, it's uh, Heather Vitale Take Two. Now at Bet America, every track is a bonus track. Earn rewards points for every wager you make on every track. We also offer more points for all exotic wagers. And don't forget about our weekly promos. Check our calendar to see how you can earn double points on featured tracks and races. Sign up for Bet America today to start earning points and get up to a $400 bonus with our new 200% deposit match. See our website for reward points, state restrictions. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich, and we're going to bring back uh, Heather Vital. Heather, are you back with us? I am. I lost you. 
Okay, so we were, we were talking a little bit about you know how I, I think the last thing we heard is they they go four across and uh, we had talked you know we were kind of wondering about the track and racing and gambling and that sort over there. Uh, yeah, so they go four across. So obviously there's going to be a lot of races. They have a lot of eight horse fields that go two tiers. So there's a lot of action in the race, and it's really thrilling to watch. And as far as the gambling goes. <laughs> That's what we're still learning about. Heather? All right, Mike. I think uh, think uh, we lost her again. We're gonna have to. Uh, maybe that we'll was have good. To try, you know what? Uh, that was good because she said, as far as the gambling goes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, uh, we're gonna listen, we're gonna try we... to get her back again. It's obviously a little bit of a sell situation, so we're gonna see if we could uh, get her back because we do want to talk about uh, some of the action in Ireland. But uh, our good friend Darren Gagnier, Darren on the spot, uh, of course, with his weekly running aces segment. And uh, I'll tell you what, Darren's been doing a good job. Once again, we've been talking about this before, Mike, about the crowds they've been getting there. Have you been seeing this on social media again, Mike? Yeah, it's impressive the type of crowds that they get. It's unreal. I wish that, you know, some of the harness tracks around the country got the crowds they did. It's really kind of impressive. Are you still there? And there goes Mike. <laughs> so let's try go listen, let's try let's try before we get to Darren, let's try one more time with, with uh, Heather because hopefully right. the cell situation's worked out. Heather, can you hear me? I can, I can. Right. Now you're, you're sounding beautiful. You're sounding crystal clear. So, Mike, one more time. You want to try to ask the question? <laughs> no, it just you were starting about the gambling. Go for it. Yeah. So, so it's kind of like shopping. You know, when you have the bookies there. I'm so used to paramutual, uh, you know, wagering. So when you have the bookies there, you have uh, several different guys there, and you kind of shop for the best odds, basically. And uh, yeah, I mean it's. Uh, that's the best way that I can explain it. I actually did on my Facebook page, I did a video, a Facebook Live video, where we did some betting with the bookies. That might be a better way for people to, uh, to you know, have it explained to them. <laughs> but I can tell you, though, with the wage, as far as picking a winner, it's just the same as here. You know, you're looking for driver earnings, lifetime best, that type of thing. Yeah, and wagering with the bookies, that is certainly a lot different than the way we wager here. Of course, obviously, it's even though it's parimutuel wagering, it's technically not us against the house, but I guess still in some ways it is. But, you know, besides that, Heather, and, and obviously you've had a chance to go to this uh, Delaney Memorial in Ireland for a couple of years, is there, anything, is there anything there that you would like to see that they do in the sport of harness racing that's different from here that maybe we can incorporate here in the States? <sighs> You know, the only thing I can say that, and I don't know how you bring real, raw passion back, uh, but that's what I see there. You know, their paddock there is not a building. It is like, and a lot of people compare it to a country fair. You know, when you go to a country fair, people are there because they're there to have fun. And that's what those people are there to have fun and make a little bit of money because obviously there's not a whole lot of money to be made. Uh, the first year I was there, there was no running water in the paddock. That was just, you know, what, four years ago? Now I think they have got some spigots. But you walk around, nobody's complaining. The girls are, like, dressed up paddocking their horses. 
People are having such a great time. Kids are running through the paddock. And I know it's definitely different and some things can't be changed in America, but I can tell you that's the first thing that I noticed. Um, as far as actually what they do there that we could do here, um, you know, I, I'm not, I don't really have a comment on that because the racing is different. I'm not sure that I necessarily want to see four horses across, you know, in all the races here, but it works there for sure. And once again, tell us a little bit about the settings, because I know obviously a lot of people, uh, especially listen to this program, haven't had a chance to go to Ireland. What, what's the, the, the harness racing reception like there? Is it really truly a, a much of a bigger deal in Ireland than it is, say, here? Oh, I think they still have their struggles for track attendance like we do here. But it's getting bigger and bigger. And with races like this, when you have the Vincent Delaney Memorial, now it's changed the face of how people are investing into their young horses. So, I mean, you've got people that are really into, like, breeding something to be in the races. And when I say the Vincent Delaney Memorial, I mean they have a two-year-old race for Colts, and they also have a two-year-old race for Phillies. And if you don't mind me just giving a a plug to Hanover and Diamond Creek, Hanover sponsored – the the colt race this year and this is the second year that diamond creek has done a sponsor at the vincent delaney memorial you know for a couple of the big races so now that the purses are getting bigger i mean it's totally people come over to harrisburg and lexington to buy horses to compete in these races so obviously the bigger the purses are getting more people are going to be coming to the track but that is their biggest day for sure yeah, and it sounds like, uh, you know, hey, it sounds like it's an event. I mean, it sounds like it's it started, you know, kind of small, and then it just seems like every year it's building and building and building. And uh, I think a lot of the big reason is is the great social media coverage it's had. And, I, you know, I can't wait for Vincent Memorial Weekend, because Vincent Delaney Memorial Weekend, because I know that you're going to have on your Twitter feed and Facebook that you're going to, you know, put all the action up there. So for for a lot of different people, I just want to say thank you because you're kind of bringing that home to us. So really appreciate it and great, great job. Thank you so much. And if you don't mind me just telling everybody that uh, next year, the weekend, August 11th and 12th, <laughs> so put it on your calendar and, you know, plan early. Make the tickets. Say you're going. I have a lot of friends like, yeah, I should go. And I'm telling them about great airfare. Just buy the ticket. Just, Just do, it. do it. It's right. the weekend after Hambletonian. Cover Hambletonian. And I'm on a plane on Wednesday. And yeah. I've got two kids. Okay? If I can do it, you can do it. It is so much fun. For more information, you can also go to VincentDelaneyMemorial.com. They have a Facebook page. They have a Twitter. And if you love my Facebook Lives, I mean, you are just going to go crazy when you get there with, like, a perma-smile the whole time. You just are. I promise you that. (laughs) So, please, everyone, get over there because it's it's just a total event. And, by the way, it's going to be bigger next year because we've got a big uh, group from Sweden coming over. We've got more people from down under coming over. And if they can make the trip for us from Philly, it's a six-hour flight overnight, and you're there. Sounds good. Well, listen, good stuff, Heather. We certainly appreciate you joining us. Best of luck to you, and I'm sure we'll talk to you before then. Okay, great. Thanks, guys. Thank you, and thanks for um, putting up with my phone deal. <laughs> no problem. Thanks, Heather. Uh-huh. All right. Love you guys. Thanks. Bye-bye. That was Heather Vitale. And, you know, that's a good point that she makes. I mean, you know, it's one of those situations. You know, I'll give you a good example. It's kind of like me in Saratoga. I really want to go to Saratoga. I've never been to Saratoga. 
Okay, but it's a four-hour drive there and a four-hour drive back. Listen, so, the only reason I haven't been to the Vincent Delaney yet is because it's the same weekend as one of our big races. <laughs> right, that's that's true. But but anyway, she brings up a good point. Just do it. Just just right, do just it. Do don't it. don't no. procrastinate. Buy the tickets. Know when the weekend is. Just do it. Don't give yourself any room for excuses because the more you put it off, the more likely you won't go. Just do it and you know have yourself a good time. But I'll tell you what. They have done a heck of a job with that thing. I mean it has gotten bigger and bigger every year, and you can tell the social media interest has gotten bigger and bigger every year, and they've done a hell of a job certainly promoting that, Mike. Yes, they have done a great job. I was about to say something else. They've done an amazing job yeah. of promoting it and getting some great people over there. I mean, Aaron Merriman was over there last year. Dan Noble was there this year. Of course, they get Roger Houston to come over and call the races. It uh, sounds like a fun time, that's for sure. All right. Up next is our good friend Darren Gagne. It's his running aces segment. Plus, uh, we're going to take a look at the weekend in racing. You've got post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Darren, take it away, my friend. Running Aces Casino and Racetrack is the premier harness racing facility and card club in the Upper Midwest, located just off I-35 and just north of the Twin Cities in beautiful Minnesota and available at simulcast centers and on ADWs across North America. With live harness racing action on Tuesday, Saturday, and Sunday nights from May through September. This season, Running Aces introduces the new 20-cent jackpot pick five wager. For more information, visit our website, Run. Aces.com. Hey, it's Darren Gagne here at Running Aces Casino and Racetrack in beautiful Minnesota. Just wrapped up another big week of live racing action here at the track. Let's highlight the past week of live racing at Running Aces. It started back on Saturday evening, the 12th of August. On Saturday night, C.W. Raisinet, four-year-old trotting mare by Claudius Augustus, Made it four wins in a row as she did it in a front-running style on Saturday night from post position eight in a $6,400 condition event. Driver Steve Wiseman sent her confidently from the outside of the gate. They were never in doubt through the mile, opening up around the final turn and widening out to win by six lengths in a career-best time of 156-4. and four. Once again, four wins in a row at running aces for C.W. Raisinette, who is owned by a piece of the action, LLC, and trained by Kathy Plusted Wiseman. Also on Saturday night, the very sharp-pacing filly, What It Do, Baby Boo, made it three wins in a row, once again sweeping from last to first to get the job done. Her third straight win in the $13,000 Minnesota Sired three-year-old pacing event. Steve Wiseman in the sulky has been in the bike for all three of the recent wins. Very talented fillies by Voracious Hanover. She stopped the clock on Saturday night, 154-2. and two. Career win number five. Now, I should say win number five in nine starts this year. Twelfth career win in just 18 lifetime starts for the Van Otterloo Stables. For What It Do Baby Boo. And the new trainer for What It Do Baby Boo is Brett Ballinger. Also Saturday night, best in the business, posting a dominating win in a $4,000 condition pacing event with driver James J.D. Yoder in the sulky for trainer Gene Miller and owner Brett Boyd Racing of Michigan. 
The classy nine-year-old pacer by another mile floated away in third from post two in a seven-horse affair, swept first over to the lead just past the half, and once the field turned for home, Yoder and Best in the Business turned on the afterburners to draw away from the rest of the field by five-and-a-half lengths at the wire in a dazzling time of 151-1. and one. Best in the Business added to his uh, career impressive resume 36, the lifetime win on Saturday night for Best in the Business. Once again, in 151-1, and one, he's now won $359,420. Driving doubles on the program for Saturday night for Dean McGee and Steve Wiseman. The leading driver race heating up over the past couple of weeks with Nick Rowland and Steve Wiseman trading back and forth at the top of the list. Also, the list and competition for the leading trainer race also heating up over the past week or so as Kathy Plusted Wiseman getting very close with Nick Rowland at the top of the trainer standings with just about over just over a month left in the live racing season. On to Sunday night, August 13th. The featured event on Sunday night was the $12,000 open pace and drew a talented field of nine but it was SF Don't Tell On Me and Joe Casagrande getting the first call and the last call in the contest, leaving quickly from post two. They had the lead at a fast 26-3 and opening quarter check-in before yielding to Easy Again and Rick McGee. Easy Again and Rick McGee posting the middle numbers in the race, 55-3 and and 123-2, and facing sharp first-over pressure from Lodi Machete Man with Dean McGee in the bike. But as a turn for home, Easy Again fought gamely, but SF Don't Tell On Me found an inside lane powered by the field for a length and a half win in a new lifetime best mile, 151-1 and for SF Don't Tell On Me on Saturday night. Easy Again held second over a fast-closing JD's Brenton Cherie with Nick Roll on third. Casagranda owns trains and drives. SF Don't Tell On Me, the seven-year-old son of Cam Terrific, who's now won 28 lifetime races and over $173,000. Once again, a new lifetime mark on Sunday night, 151-1 for SF Don't Tell On Me in the feature. Also Sunday, the $13,000 Minnesota-sired three-year-old Tronic event. It went to I'm a Pixie at Midnight. The Philly dominated in gate-to-wire fashion from post three in a six-horse race. Trainer driver Nick Rowland in the bike for Set the Pace Racing LLC. She won in 201 and 3 on Sunday night. She's a Philly by SOS Lunar Eclipse. She's now won four of 13 races this season and bankrolled $39,343 this year. Finishing second in that contest was Silent Dreams with Dean McGee and KB's Speedy Fox with Moody Swenson was third. On Tuesday night at Running Aces, Tuesday night, August 15th, racing action highlighted by some very impressive performances by several different horses. But the biggest score at the Paramutual Windows would be turned in for the backers of Happy Heath in race number nine on the program. Happy Heath and driver Willie Hernandez for owner Jesse Pacheco posting a career mile win as Willie Hernandez worked out a perfect trip in the pocket for Happy Heath from the rail. He was dismissed by the wagering public 37 to 1 on the board. He returned $77.40 to win. Happy Heath once again taking a lifetime mark on Tuesday night in 155 and 3. 
Tuesday night's featured events on the program, the $10,000 open trotting event, and that one went to Becky Badger Baby for two wins in a row at the top open level. Nick Rowland trains and drives Becky Badger Baby, who's owned by Dale Hine and Royal and Barbara Rowland. She trotted the mile in 157 flat, closing from off the speed to get up at the wire and win by a half a length over one chief who was second, Frankie Provolone third, Becky Badger Baby, two in a row in the open trot, again, 157 on Tuesday. Then on the Phillies and Mares Open Handicap Pacing event, Gold Star Misty from the outside, post seven in the event. Posted another impressive first over grind, taking the lead past the half, the, going to the three-quarter pole, and Gold Star Misty never looked back after that. Once she got to the front, she drew away with every stride, hitting the wire first by almost six lengths. In another dazzling mile for Gold Star Misty, at running aces 151-2 and two, with James J.D. Yoder, the trainer and driver in the sulky. Kiss on the Lips was second in the open for Mares. Boom, boom, shaboom, rounded out the trifecta in the Mares open pace. Once again, on Tuesday night, Gold Star Misty, another big win in 151-2. Also on Tuesday's program, the Minnesota Sire two-year-old trotting event going for $13,000. And Braganod kept to his task and stayed trotting all the way to the wire to go for another big win for him on the season and take a new lifetime mark in 202 and 4 Nick Rowland trains and drives Braganod for Set the Pace Racing LLC Braganod another impressive win for that 2-year-old Minnesota Sire Trotter bring over the money with Brian Deachin was second long shot in the field at almost 22 to 1 and SB Fine and Dandy checked in third and the Minnesota Sire event for $13,000 for the 2-year-old Pacers also on Tuesday night and it was number four, Giggle Monster, from gate position four in the contest, leaving sharply for the lead, yielding in the second panel, and then retaking command and hanging on gamely through a big stretch battle to win in 156. Giggle Monster has now won six of seven lifetime races. Another big win for Giggle Monster on Tuesday night with a Bobcat, Dean McGee in the bike. 156 flat. Giggle Monster is trained by Denise Mayer for owners Cheryl and Alan Sandbolt. As mentioned earlier, the race for leading driver, very exciting. Nick Rowland retook the lead for the leading driver standings on Tuesday night. He had a triple on the program. Driver Dean McGee also had a triple on the program on Tuesday night. And he has been probably the hottest driver over the last five or six programs at Running Aces. Dean McGee has picked up multiple driving wins each and every of those last six racing cards. The leading trainer standings, once again, very tight as we move into the final month of racing. But Nick Rowland picked up a couple of training wins on Tuesday night to go back on top in the leading trainer standings as well. And ladies and gentlemen, the 20-cent jackpot pick five wager at running aces now stands at $36,851.92 going into the upcoming weekend's live racing action. Don't forget, we have live racing at Running Aces every Saturday and Sunday night, 6 p.m. Central post time, and Tuesday nights, first race post time, 7 p.m. Central. Running Aces.
Casino and Racetrack is the premier harness racing facility and card club in the upper Midwest, located just off I-35 and just north of the Twin Cities in beautiful Minnesota and available at simulcast centers and on ADWs across North America. With live harness racing action on Tuesday, Saturday, and Sunday nights from May through September. This season, Running Aces introduces the new 20-cent jackpot pick five wager. For more information, visit our website, runaces.com. All right, thank you to our good friend Darren Gagne and Mike Bozich back here along with Mike Carter. It is Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. And uh, we want to thank all of our guests, Mike, that uh, took their time to uh, join us today. But we got a couple of races to look at, Mike, before we get out of here. As it's another big weekend of exciting harness racing. And Mike, one of our favorite races. And this is a race that doesn't go for a whole lot of money. It doesn't necessarily get the names of the best horses uh, in the country, but it's one that is is very near and dear to the harness racing heart, and that is the Gold Cup and Saucer. Sobey's Gold Cup and Saucer, just a, a great event each and every year, Mike, and something that I look forward to each and every year. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, the it, it always attracts a fun field. Last year, Foiled Again showed up, and, uh, of course, YS Lotus uh, wound up winning the race. But, uh, Mike, I got to tell you, it's always a fun event, and that's another place we need to, uh, that's another place we need to get to. That's right. I think Mike and Mike post time. Mike and Mike needs to uh, certainly invade the Gold Cup and Saucer. But the field, this is coming up on Saturday night, Crombie from the Pylons. You've got Sapphire City, the two, RQ Hanover, number three, Shadow Places, four, Wise Lotus, five, Always at My Place, six, do over Hanover, seven, and Sports Lightning will start from post position number eight. And uh, it's a pretty wide open race. Always at My Place is a lukewarm five to two favorite for trainer Ron Burke. About a uh, chance a couple of chances to see always at my place race here at Harris, Philadelphia is always a very tough customer and there's open condition level or their upper condition level, uh, you know, slash uh, winners over ranks. But I'll tell you what, wise Lotus is uh, always competitive. Uh, it seems like, you know, on big nights, wise Lotus can be very tough and I don't think uh, Saturday night's going to be any exception. And uh, he starts from post position number five, right inside of always at my place. It's going to be very interesting. Yeah, that's for sure. It's going to be uh it's going to, it's funny how the race kind of sets up and you know even though it's a half mile track Mike uh post position uh I don't want to say it doesn't play into a factor there but they're all firing off the car. It's kind of like the little brown jug of uh PEI. And of course, uh, the Schweig Memorial is coming up uh, at Vernon Downs. They've got a really good card coming up uh, on Friday night. And of course, uh, obviously, the big headline is Ariana G is going to get her shot against the boys. That's coming up race 10 on Friday night. It goes for a purse of $320,000. And uh, Mike, I'll tell you what, this is going to be a very interesting matchup. And I think Ariana G, with her dominant performance in the Hamiltonian Oaks, I think that may have been the headline if it wasn't for the Hamiltonian disqualification. What if Ariana G would have taken on the boys? Arguably the best performance on the Hamiltonian card. And uh, I think that performance would have beat the boys. What do you think? Yeah, you know, I, we we had talked about it on Hamiltonian Day, and we all kind of said the same thing. Did uh, did Ariana G and their connections make the right decision? They got to walk away with a cool $250,000, but the big question on everybody's mind, uh, obviously, was could 
she uh, defeat the boys. And uh, she had some trouble in the Earl Beale Memorial, Mike, and that was a, a little bit tough for her. She returns against the uh, boys in the Zweig coming up on Friday. And it's going to be interesting to kind of see how the race kind of plays out, Mike. Uh, the race drew two, divi- two divisions and a consolation. Um, hold on one second here. I'm pulling it up. But International Money and Billsman actually drew inside of Ariana G. And Billsman was a horse that really was unexpected, Mike, in the Hambletonian. And uh, he made the Hambletonian final uh, before not uh, racing all that well in the uh, in the final after a very game elimination. But uh, other horses in here, Devious Man, Long Tom, uh, this is her test. And I think – Oh, this uh, is the matchup. You know, yeah, this is, this is yeah, definitely, this, this the, is definitely the matchup. Yeah, yeah, if she, if is... she can pass this test – uh, who knows? Uh, who knows what could happen next? Well, I mean, you've got all the major players there in the Hamiltonian, Mike. You've got International Money. You've got Bills Man. You've got Long Tom. You've got uh, Devious Man. Uh, you know, simply Vola from the outside. I mean, this is definitely the litmus test for her. She draws very well. She draws post position number five. And not only that, Mike, but you know, the race before is the Zwei Memorial for three old Philly Trotters, and that kind of opens that up now. I think. I mean, that makes that a very competitive race with the likes of Celebrity Ruth, Feed Your Head, Glitzy Gal, Seventh Heaven. Uh, you know, so that's going to be a very interesting race as well. But I'll tell you what, that's going to be a very good race. We're teaching every one of you to, uh, to uh, watch that. That's Friday night at Vernon Downs. It should be a very, very interesting race. Well, I'll tell you what, it's been a whirlwind uh, show. Obviously, a lot to cover. We're going to try to touch on the World Driving Championships next week. Uh, Marcus Miller representing the States. Not doing too bad up there so far, Mike. Yeah, he's doing really well. And uh, listen, if you haven't had a chance to watch the races from Hippodrome last night, make sure you do so. Because <laughs> your favorite race caller. We've been listening, we've been listening to this race calls all morning. I'll tell you what, he's, uh, I love it. Hip, hippity, 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 hop, boom. I love that start. Uh, you know, you got to <laughs> integrate that into your call this week. If I, if I integrate that my call this week, you'll be here next week. <laughs> <laughs> all right. No, well, we all great. I'll tell you what, great, great call in there, great call. Mike, take us home. Take, take us home, will you? All right. This has been a lot of fun. We will see everybody back here next Thursday with a first post of 10.30 in the morning. Make sure you uh, stop by our website, posttimewithmikeandmike.com. Check us out on the archive. Check out our sponsors. And uh, listen, thanks to all the fans who uh, listen to our show week in and week out. We'll see everybody next week. Good night, everybody. No!